Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Uh, you guys know uh, for the last three weeks or so, I've been teaching on the seasons of life. I want to make sure you understand what we're doing and what we're going through because it's going to help you in your life. Every, 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 well, every person in here has an area of their life where you're going to go through and you're going to see how seasons will affect that area of your life. There are natural seasons and there are spiritual seasons. In other words, when you see things change in the natural, it has a symbolic meaning of what's going on in your life, spiritual. So in the natural, you have four seasons. In your spiritual walk with God, you have four seasons. Some, maybe even more. Some seasons you may get stuck in. In other words, you won't do the corresponding action or you won't do what God wants you to do to break that cycle. Many times that cycle could be a curse that was passed on to you from your father's father's father for four generations. And what God would do in your life is try to to get you out of that season in your life by being obedient to him. That's the main reason of winter seasons. In the natural, a winter season is designed to kill off all the bugs, to kill off all the, the plants that are germinating, that are destroying life and destroying things. So in the winter time, you can expect things to get a little rough. Amen? Everybody, and remember, each season that you go through in life, remember that the glass could either be half empty or half full. It's how you look at it. If the glass is half empty, you could get depressed by what you're going through. You won't look at what God is doing in your life. You'll think it's all about you. You'll look at the negative side of everything. Have you ever been at a point, you may not admit it, but you always look at the bad side, how bad things were getting, how bad things were going. You, you have what we call a pity party with yourself. That is not what God wants. Even though you may be going through the wintertime, you have to look at the glass as being half full. What is God getting ready to do next? How is he, he going to take me out of this into that? It fills your expectations, if you understand me. That's what God really wants you to do, even in your wintertime. Because during the wintertime, things are going to get a little cold. People's hearts are going to get a little cold towards you. They're not going to treat you like they used to because people want to be warm and they don't have the patience to stand outside and talk to you. Things in life will get worse. It will come a time when it will get cloudy and then it will start raining. The rain will turn to sleep. Sleep will turn to snow. And then next thing you know, you go back to a layer of ice. And that's how it is spiritually. When you're in this walk with God, he didn't promise you every day was going to be sunshine. He said, I rain on the just and the unjust. So in your life, it depends on where your life is with God. Because if you have a lot of mess in your life, you know what God does? He sends the winter season. He sends that time in your life where nobody can help you. Mama can't help you. Daddy can't help you. Your folks, family and friends, they going through stuff so they can't help you. 
Nobody can help you. It is that time of, 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 of silence when it seems like God's not talking to you. When you're looking at how bad things are and you start getting depressed about it, what is God doing? He's trying to kill off some of the things that's in your life that's hindering your relationship with him. Some weeds that have overgrown and have taken over life. Uh, Miss uh, uh, Valerie told me this week, she said, Pastor, I really understand the teaching on winter or the seasons now because I'm doing a garden in my backyard. And that garden has taught me a lesson. She said, there was some kale, that, and kale is pretty tough. It has tried to survive the whole winter. Mm-hmm. There are some weeds and some things in your life will try to survive your winter. There are people in your life who don't supposed to be there, but will stick it out with you through the winter. They're not adding anything to your life. They're not putting anything that needs to be there but they won't go away. The root is still there. They don't look like they're growing any. And the regression is that just a little bit, but they're still there in your life. And what God is doing is allowing things to get so cold that he's trying to shake those folks loose. Because you don't know now, there's some people, some friends that are in your life, they're there as long as you're doing good. But when things go south, they head south with it. And as bad as it gets, God is trying to let that thing die out. It's a good time for you to separate yourself from them at that point. If you refuse to do so, whatever that does not die during the winter will reproduce itself during the spring. The spring season is when God gives you seed to sow, when he wants you to have a harvest. Most people miss that in life. But God wants you to have a harvest. He wants you to get to the fall season. So he even is so good that he gives you something during the spring to plant. The bad part about it is when you're sowing good seeds, because you didn't deal with the bad seed, they grow together. Those people that you should have got rid of, they're back. They're right back there. There's a song that I, I, I'm reminded of, even when I just said that. If I had known you'd be back, I would have changed that stupid lock. I would have made you leave the key. If I had known that you'd be back to bother me. Uh-huh. Yep. Some of you all should have done what you should have done. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's the spring season. Last Sunday, I talked to you about the, winter, the summer season. Summer season is just like now in the church. Most churches are pretty much empty during this time. Every Sunday, some Sunday you have a good crowd, some Sunday you have a you know, low crowd because people are thinking all about what they need and what they want and getting some relaxing time, getting away from it all. I don't have to come to church during this time. One Sunday out of a month is good enough for me. Why? Because everything is going good. I'm in my summer season. It's all clicking. I've got my bounce back. I'm okay. I'm good. I got this. I really don't need God. You don't say it. But in your works, you scream it out. 
That's why God said, and I gave you the scripture last week, he said, when, you, when your houses are full and, and you've got the car full of gas and all your bills are paid and you've got your little bonus checks, your severance pay, your, your return on your investments or whatever you have, and, and things are going good. He said, don't forget about the God who brought you out. This is not a time to leave me at home. It's not time to walk off and, and, and go about it and enjoy yourself and leave me. And that's what we do in the summertime. Like now, in the natural outside, this is summertime. Churches are emptying out. People want to stay at home and barbecue. <laughs> Invite the family over. I can't make it to church today because I got to get this food ready. I got to get this grill ready. I got, really? So you don't need him right now, huh? We do that a lot. When things are going good, we turn our back on God. We don't need him like we used to. You forget that God is in control of all seasons. I guarantee you, if you catch this revelation, you're going to be able to start seeing when your seasons begin to change. Before they change, you start seeing, well, wait a minute, your money starts acting a little funny. Before it gets bad. You'll start seeing. You'll, you'll know, oh, something is changing. Now, don't act a nut and know that things are changing and you won't change with it. You'll look like a fool if you go outside right now with a trench coat on. Mm-hmm. You, oh, somebody out there, you got your wool hat, you got your trench coat on, and your gloves. You the fool. Mm-hmm. not discerning the times. Well, when your season begins to change, you need to change. You need to look at yourself and say, am I causing my season to change too quickly? Because you can. Stubbornness and rebellion will cause you to go into a winter or a drought season. If you forget God, God said in his word, if you forget me, I'll forget your children. Mm-hmm. So what we've got to do is flow with God in every season of our life. Today we're going to deal with the fall season, but I want to bring a few points out about the winter season that I just addressed with you. But so I know so many of you all, you know, you take pictures of the slides and things like that because sometimes I flow a little bit fast. I don't mean or intend to, but I get excited about what God is saying. Amen. So these are points that I want you to remember. God is in control of all seasons. This is what he said in Psalms 31 verse 1. Verse 15, my times are in thy hands. God, my seasons are in your hands. God, I trust you. I trust you. I'm, I'm, I know you're watching over your word to perform it. God, and at, the, at the right time, you're going to deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who are persecuting me. You're going to make it all right with me. So I'm not freaking out because I'm going through a winter and everybody out to try to get me. There comes a time when God's going to settle all that. He'll be, an, he'll be an adversary to my adversary. He'll be an enemy to my enemies. He promised me that in his word. So therefore, as you go through the winter season, that's when things start producing, and maybe that God's trying to tell you something. You might be right here in the spring outside, but right now you might be going through a winter. So the season does not correspond with what's going on in the natural. You could be going through a winter season right now in your life. Many things could be dry, 
Things could be, I mean, you could be depressed right now about what's going on in your life at this moment, even though it is summer outside. You understand? So don't think that because it's summer outside, you've got to be going through a summer. Not necessarily so. Okay? A lot of times, let me tell you how this works. A lot of times your faith connects you with a season. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to hear that because then it's going to make you understand the power of your faith. Faith is so powerful, it can catch you. In a, you, can, you, can, you can, it will take you to the season that you need to be. And I know that's heavy. But faith can give you the ability to call those things that be not as though they were. If you're going through a winter right now, you know what can pull you out of that winter? Faith. Faith. It'll pull you out of Well, Pastor, I messed up. I did some things I know God should be mad at me about. Repent and faith will pull you out. You don't have to be miserable unless you want to be. All right. There's a, there's a scripture that says, during that time frame, in one of, uh, Psalm 32, verse 4, day and night your hand of discipline was heavy upon me. Some of you can't rest and you can't get together because God got his hand upon you. He got his hand of discipline upon you. He got some pressure on you because he don't want you to continue to keep acting the same fool that you've been acting. He won't let you get rest. He won't let you, you, you just feel heavy. Because he's trying to get you right. He's trying to straighten you up. Then we talked about the spring season. It's filled with hope, renewal, full of excitement, and a time for planning. Remember, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So here you are in the, in the springtime, and you now getting ready to sow seed. God is faithful. Everybody has a spring. Everybody has a spring. Don't tell me you don't have nothing to sow when it's springtime. Because the scripture says that God, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and 10, for God is the one who provides seed to sow. God will provide you seed. So don't sit here and tell me, well, pastor, I don't have anything to sow. When I come to God's house, I don't have anything to give. That's a lie. And I'm going to show you today festivals and how it means. You probably get a lot out of it today. I pray that you get a lot out of it. But what God is trying to get you to understand, there's not one person in here who should not have a harvest. There's not one person in this room that should not have a harvest season, a due season. A time when everything is going good, everything is clicking, you got your bounce back, you're resilient, you took your licking, and you're still ticking. That's a reward system in place because of what, who you know, put it that way. Not what you know, but who you know. All right. And then the next thing, summer. Time of relaxing and enjoying the works of God's hand, but remember that there's still work to be done. Miss um, Barrett said, Pastor, we got that garden pretty, but doggone them weeds keep coming back up. Yep, and you have to go out there and work them. Now, you got some fruits that's going to, some vegetables that's going to come up that you can enjoy, but it's still not your harvest time. So in summertime, you should enjoy it, but that's not your harvest. There's some better to come. I hope you can receive that. All right. So, so right now, we're getting ready to move into the next season of our life, and that's called the fall season. Okay? It's the beautiful time of the year. The fall season. You got fresh fruit. 
you got beautiful trees, you got things that you normally wouldn't have, the grapes are on the vine, everything is clicking, it's not too hot, it's not too cold, I can just wear a little sweater if I need to, I don't have to have a big old coat, I don't have to have all this heat all up, I mean, this is it. It's the fall season. Wow. It's a time where I can really enjoy myself. This season is what most know as the do season. This is the season that you've been waiting on. This is the season that you've been looking for. This is the harvest time. How many of you all know that there's a harvest time for you? And you understand that there's a time when God got to set beside or aside for you to enjoy the works of your hand. During this harvest season, let me help you to understand it. It's a time of celebration, true enough, but you need to understand harvest. Harvest is defined as the gathering of things planted, a natural time of reaping in joy what has been produced during the year. You've been sowing, you've been doing this, you've been cultivating, you've been taking care of things, and now here comes a time for you to harvest. Don't sit here and tell me that you don't have anything to sow or you don't have a harvest because you didn't have a seed to sow. That's a lie. God's word says here, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and 10, for God is the one who provides seeds for the farmer. Who is the one who provided? Don't sit here and lie to me that you don't have, because you don't have a harvest. You cannot sit here and say that you didn't have, no, you ate your seed. You ate it. God blessed you. You had some money. You might have got the kids a new pair of shoes. You might have paid the doctor bill. You might have done some other things. You might have took the vacation, whatever. You made a sacrifice because God gave you the seed. Mm-hmm. You made the sacrifice. Instead of you planting your seed and waiting on it to grow up so you can enjoy it, you took it right then and there. I know you're not going to say amen. Say amen. I'm going to tell you. You're going to say amen. You're going to say amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to say it. That's the truth. Amen? For God's the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide increase to your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. God say the same way I'm giving you seed so that you can have some bread to eat, the same way I'm going to pour into your life, I'm going to give you checks in the mail, unexpected income, I'm going to do something for you so that you're going to be a blessing to somebody else. He promised you I was going to make you a blessing. I'm going to increase you so much that you're going to want to give it. Baby, you were designed to give. You were created to give. You were created in the image and the likeness of your God. You were created to act like God. And your God's a giver. So at some point, he's going to put you in a position where you're going to want to give. Your generosity is going to overflow. You're just going to bless people. You're not going to look at whether you can afford it or not. You're just going to want to move on the moments. 
Because it's that season. You will flow in season. You will flow in it. I guarantee, doggone to you, that most of you all in here, if you've been knowing God any little bit, that you have walked into one of those seasons. Well, you didn't look at what you had. You just blessed people because you had it. You didn't add it up to see if there was going to be enough left over. You just blessed them because you just felt like blessing them. That's what, that, that was when you were fulfilling purpose. You were created to act like God. And in that moment, you were walking in your authority. You were a blessing to somebody. It was your harvest season. It was your due season. It was your time to celebrate. It was time for you to forget about you and watch a smile come on somebody else's face. And they're going to say, no, you can't afford it, baby. Mm -mm, take it. You know you couldn't afford it. <laughs> but you were in season. You understanding? You're getting this. All right. So not only is this the harvest season, but I want to tell you about how this harvest season operates from a biblical standpoint so you won't miss it. And it's three festivals or three annual festivals that God commanded his people Israel to keep. And when I show you this, you ought to get a revelation of this so you'll be able to apply it to your life. They had to leave wherever they were in pilgrimage all the way to Jerusalem and then give an offering there. Exodus chapter 23, verse 12. Watch this very closely. There's a lot of revelation in this. Each year you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. You're going to celebrate in whose honor? When you come to church, whose honor do you come in? Mm -hmm. That's what you're supposed to. But you come here and you, come, you, don't, you don't bring your worship? You don't bring your praise? Uh-huh. But you come here in honor of God. What the, what the Jewish people did to go into Jerusalem is symbolic to what you do coming to church. So you don't come here and wait on the praise team to get you in the mood. You come here in the mood. You should come here knowing who you're coming to see. You didn't come to see the praise team. You came to offer your gift, your worship to your God. So don't come in here if the praise team are not doing it. If they're not on, if they're out, if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, you brought your praise. You brought your gifts. It's your festival. It's a time where you come to celebrate your God. He has brought you through all the week. And you mean to tell me you don't bring a sacrifice? You don't bring a praise? You don't bring worship? I'll take you too deep. That's all right. So each year you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. First, celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days, the bread you eat must be, must be made without yeast, just as I command you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early when spring. You just came out of a winter, and in the early spring, well, Pastor, I came out of winter. I didn't have nothing. Oh, yes, you did. I'm going to show you. All right? So they just came out spring. You know, winter was there. So this is early spring, so they just came out of winter. What was the winter? In the month of Abib. For that is the, annual, the anniversary of our departure from Egypt. Listen to what he's saying. Your spring represents... The fact that God brought you through your Egypt. You know, you know, God brought you out of bondage, baby. He got you out of your issues. 
Because when you were going through winter when nothing clicking, folks were acting a fool with you. You couldn't stand yourself when you looked in the mirror. But now God has bringing you out of that, and you see your season begin to change. This is your spring. This is when you bounce back. God delivered you from that mess, from those issues that he was trying to die out or he was trying to kill out in the wintertime. So now you get into your spring, and things begin to change for you. You have to act in faith and believe that this thing is changing. Why? Because he's leaning in my direction. He may have not reached me yet, but he's leaning in my direction. So therefore, I can get excited about my spring because I am getting ready to bounce back. Amen? All right. So he says, since you're getting ready to bounce back, no one shall come before me empty-handed. When I bring you out, don't you come before me empty-handed. When I bring you through your winter season, don't you act like I'm not God. When things start getting better from you, don't you forget about me. You better celebrate. When he brought them out of Egypt, he commanded them, don't you come before me empty-handed. They came out of bondage. They didn't have nothing. But when they came out of bondage with God, God made the Egyptians give them everything that they had. So they had a great offering to give the Lord. What time was that? I looked this up so that you'd be able to handle it. The feast of the Passover was in April. At that time of the year, the barley harvest. You can go compare it to Ruth, the she'll show it to you. That's what it meant. So, Pastor, what are you talking about? What are you saying? Technology has changed for us. We don't have to wait on March and April to cash our checks. We get instant refunds. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? See, in the wintertime, Uncle Sam took all your money. We had to wait till January, and in business, you didn't have to have your, uh, your tax information together until January, the end of January. So you didn't get your 1099s or, or, or your W-4, whatever it was that you were filing, until February. Then you were filing with the government. They hold on it for six months or so. Six weeks, rather. Six weeks or eight weeks. And you know what? You were patient then. Uh, and then it get in the mail. And it takes the mail forever to get to you. So March, April, you celebrate. You finally got your taxes back. You came out of your bondage. Go back. Go back to where I was. You came out of your bondage. Go back to the next slide, first slide I just gave you. You came out of your bondage. No man should appear before me empty-handed. So the first feast that you all be able to give to him should be sometime around March or April where you can offer God something. How many of you offer God something when your taxes come back? Don't raise your hand. You haven't been given nothing. But God knows something that you don't. There's a due season that's coming. 
and he wants you to have something. Well, why he got to do it like that? Because he placed it in the earth, seed, time, and harvest. It's a principle. So God understands that. So when you come even out of your bondage, God said you ought to give something back so that you can have a harvest time. It's sad when I see people want to have a harvest because somebody else is having a harvest, but you had not done what they've been doing. You want to live like them, act like them, walk like them, be like them, but you won't sow like them. And you get mad at them. They think they're somebody. They all bougie and everything. Well, you all ghetto. I'm not supposed to, I'm sorry. Because you don't want to do what you're supposed to do. You're going to always live on the other side of the tracks. Yeah. Only somebody going to bring you to this side is God. And you're going to have to do it his way to do it. That's enough about that one, huh? All right, let's go to the next one. Let's see if God changes anything. Second, celebrate the festival of harvest. When you bring me your first crops, first fruit, first crop of your harvest, okay, Watch how he works. Now, you just came out your winter, and God bless you with a little bit, and let's use stuff that you don't like me to talk about. Let's say money, all right? So you just came out, Uncle Sam gave you some money. Instead of you spending it all on what you wanted, let's put a little bit aside. Let's pay, take, take 10%, and let's pay our tithes and our offerings to God. You know what that did? That just set you up for a fall season. But God is so good that when you planted that, He's going to start to grow. He's going to breathe on it, and you're going to have something during the summertime to deal with. Some summer fruits. Because you saw, I know you're missing this, because you probably don't want to hear this, especially since I said money. You don't want nobody talking about money in the church. But that's what you need to go to figure out how money operates. I'm going to tell you a secret. Don't you tell nobody I told you. But your money is counterfeit. It is not real. It's only worth what they say the value is. And they can increase it and decrease it at any moment. Only thing that's real is the thing that God places on earth, your silver, your gold, your cattle. God tells you what to invest in, but we're not listening. We're trying to hold on to money. And your money is not even real. Baby, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's paper. It's paper, and you freak out over paper. You kill, you steal over paper. Hmm. Only place you're going to find the truth is in God's word. Think about it. If you have to listen to God, if any of us have to listen to God and realize that all the gold and all the silver is mine, said the Lord, God's trying to tell you that's what's valuable. If you had invested some gold and silver, you would be rich today. We error for the lack of knowledge. We take our little money, we put it in the bank, and the bank starts charging you interest, even on your savings. Anyway, let's not go there, because I don't, I, you know, anyway. So, second, celebrate the, feast of fat, uh, the festival of harvest. When you have brought me the first fruit of your harvest. Celebrate what? When you brought me the first fruit. Don't celebrate you ain't brought me nothing. Because why? I told you don't come before me empty-handed. Mm-hmm. When was that? That was seven weeks after you gave your sacrificial offering. So if that was April, May, June, somewhere around that. 
If you listen to God, you put faith in what God said, when you sow, you ought to be able to count the seeds of when things are going to start changing in your life. I know that's too heavy for you. Baby, you ought to have some, right now in June, you ought to have some summer fruit. You might not have a lot, but that ought to be a check in the mail. It ought to be something that happened that's unexpected. It's miraculous. Let me take you a little deeper. Can I take you a little deeper? I, I know I need to get to the end of that, and I got a, a lot to give you. But think about it. God wanted the children of Israel in faith. You said, Pastor, it's about money. No, it's not about money. It's about faith. Tell me, how would you feel in that day? You got enemies all around you, the Amorites, the Moabites, and all those folks around you, and God tell all the men to get out of your city and come all the way to Jerusalem and worship me. Well, what's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my loved one, my children, the women? Because my enemy know that all the men have left, and they've gone on this pilgrimage, and we do it three times a year. They can set us up and kill us and wipe us out and take our women and children. But God told them in the Scripture, he said, if you obey me, no man will be envious of what you have. In other words, they won't touch your stuff. So when they obeyed God and went towards that, that was the best time for those women and children to be at home because when nobody going to touch them because the Lord was watching over them. When the men got in faith and went and obeyed God, then that blessing took care of their families. I know that's too deep, and you probably won't catch that till next year. You know? When you get in obedience with God, God going to take care of your family. Unless the Lord keeps the house or watches over the city. The watcher watches, but in vain. There ain't nothing you can do without God. God needs your faith, baby. Not your money. He already owns that. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you nothing. So the third thing. Well, here we go. This is, represents the fall. Finally, celebrate the festival of the final harvest. You had a spring, summer, and this is your final harvest. At the end of the harvest season, when you have harvested all the crop of your field, celebrate the festival of the final harvest. Celebrate. How do you celebrate it? God told you. Don't come before me empty-handed. I, I know you don't like to hear this stuff because you think I'm after money. I'm not after your money. I'm after the principle that you need to get so that you can start moving ahead in life. God's not going to change his word for you. He's not going to let you make him out of a liar because you think somebody after your money. God says, it's already mine. That festival took place when? October. We call it the first fruit. God has blessed us in the summertime when he, when he brought us out of our winter bondage. We ought to bless him. We ought to give him thanks. Summertime came in, we had the summer harvest, summer fruit. Then we have another harvest, October, first fruit. That means you can gather everything, the winter finna come, and you like that little ant. You just stole up all these blessings now, you want to bless God with something. There are three times in your life that you should be blessed and realize that it is God's blessings. This fall season, 
It's going to be a blessing to you because if you catch this word, God's going to do what he said. You've been sowing, right? Let's understand the principle of sowing before you answer me. Let, let, let's look at this one. Understand this principle. Let me read it from here. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Harvest time is here. What have you been sowing? What have you been sowing? Because this is harvest. Whatsoever you have sown, you got to reap. See, see, our mindset is to think about all the good that we've done. Oh, I've done this. I blessed them. I did that. You know, I did that. But what else did you sow? Because that has to come up too. You've been cussing somebody out. Well, somebody getting ready to cuss you out. You've been talking about somebody? Somebody's getting ready to talk about you. Mm -hmm. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Watch this. For he, or if he has sown to his flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. If you've been sowing to please your flesh and not God, there's going to be some bad seeds that's going to come out of that. You sowed it. God's faithful to the harvest. He's faithful to his word. These are principles that he put in place. You've been talking about some folks? You've been acting a fool? Guess what? This seed's going to come up. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You've been throwing things because you've been led by God. You've been sowing because you sense God told you to do it. God said that's a reward and that for you. You're going to see it. So what are your expectations? What are you expecting? What kind of harvest are you expecting? There are two people that are going to get harvested. One, the faithful. Now he that supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, who will also supply increase in your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, God said, during this season that's coming up on us right now, I got you. You're going to have some good stuff coming your way. Listen to me good. Wake up. You're moving into a new season. A season of promise, a season of prosperity, a season when everything is clicking. Favor is everywhere. You couldn't make a mistake because God got your back. You can't miss someone. You gave some money and it wasn't right, but God said, I got you. You've been doing this and doing that, God said, all right, I got it. You're moving into an open heaven, an open window. A season when it's all coming together. 
You're talking about blessing folks. You're going to be smiling on folks. You're going to be blessing folks. I mean, you're just going to feel real. Why? Because it's your due season. It's yours. Well, how's it going to happen? It's going to happen supernaturally. You don't understand how to make that, that grain grow. You don't understand that. If you are a farmer and you go out there and plant your seed and you go back out there the next couple of weeks and they had not grown, you take those plows you just dig them all up again and plant something else. You're a fool. Why? It takes seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, then you have a harvest. Well, guess what? You sown your seed. It's been some time. You done went through some stuff. But guess what? God has promised you a harvest. Put your faith out there and believe it. God, you promised me a harvest. You promised this to me, God. Now, I know it's some of y'all sitting out there now, and you hadn't done what you're supposed to do. You consider to be, and listen, I'm going to help you, so don't run out yet, okay? But I've got to tell you about it so that you can learn from it. You're called unfaithful. The harvest of the unfaithful, nothing works for you. You sowed a little seed. You, you, came, you didn't pay tithe. You gave one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Your $3. Uh-huh. Yep. You ain't got past three dollars. You fifty years old and ain't got past three dollars. Been in church all that time and you ain't got past three dollars. Your faith hadn't increased? You hadn't moved level, you hadn't moved nowhere in the spiritual giftings? You just still a carnal baby. You're not obedient to God? You're still shacking? You're still doing this and you're still doing that? And you expect to have a good harvest. You're still lying? You cuss anybody out? And you expect a good harvest. You've been sneaking around? You've been sleeping around? And you expect to have a good harvest. According to Jeremiah, my people, Christian folks, mm -hmm, my people have planted wheat, but they are harvesting thorns. They have worn themselves out but it has done them no good. Why? They have harvested crops of shame because of the fierce anger of God. God said, I'm not going to bless your mess. You think you can buy me? You think you can live any kind of way and sow seeds and expect me to bless you? Well, I sow good seed, but your heart was off from me. You worship me with your lips. But that was it. Your lifestyle never changed. Oh, you and you still lived any kind of way. For your gifts does not edify me. For they have defiled my temple. And that was prophetic. Did y'all hear how that shifted out of me? Did y'all hear that? You didn't hear that. Uh -huh. God saying that you come in here and you say you love me, but this temple is defiled. Okay, that's enough. All right, that's enough for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, all right, okay. Yeah, boy. Mm -hmm. Pastor, you got me on that one. <laughs> I was with you when you were talking about the good stuff. But, but Pastor, I, I know I done, I done cussed a couple of folks. I, I, you know, I, I know. I know I, I messed up, okay? So, Pastor, 
I know my season is changing. I'm expecting some good things to happen. How do you help me with this? Well, you go to the Word. What does God have to say in His Word? You repent it, so what God said. That means I can pray for crop failure? No. I hear people all the time, I'm praying for crop failure. <laughs> really? You think you're going to get out that easy? No, there's a scripture that I want to show you. There's still hope. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, King James Version. And let us not get weary in well-doing, for we shall reap in due season if we faint not. God said, because of you acting a fool and you planted some bad seeds, those seeds has to come up. But don't get weary. Keep planting good seeds, and you will reap a harvest if you don't quit. You're going to reap what you sow. You're going to pay for this one. But in the process of you paying for it, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't freak out. You know what to do. Keep doing what's right, and you will reap the next season. The next time your time roll around, you have something to reap. You see how God's not hard to understand. We hear, we hear scripture like that, and we just claim, it's my due season. Well, he's saying your due season is coming if you don't quit. You didn't look at that part. So what is he trying to say? The whole text in context, he's trying to tell you that, yeah, you got some bad stuff that's getting ready to come up in your life because you sold it, not me. But you got a revelation now. You heard the word. You heard the truth. So you take that revelation, and you start sowing good seed. Stop cussing folks out. Stop sleeping with him or with her when you ain't married. Get out of that shocking situation and start doing good and you will reap in due season if you don't faint, if you don't give up because these weeds are going to make you feel like you want to quit. These weeds are designed just like in the natural. It chokes out your plants. These weeds are designed to choke you out. And they didn't come from God. They came from the enemy. You sold it to your flesh. It's a fool for you to think that you can sneak around with somebody's husband, somebody's wife, and not pay for it. You the fool. You the fool if you think you can steal my car and not get caught. And it don't work that way. So when you start going through this, I tell you to do this. Don't quit. Don't quit. In the Greek, it means don't get weary. Or that word weary means don't get discouraged. Don't get disheartened. Because watch this. In every season, if God's in every season, the devil's in every season too. And the devil fights you with complacency. He tries to get you to feel like everything's going good. You don't need God. Mm-hmm. When things go bad, you know what makes you, makes you better? Your prayer life. I can tell when some of my people have had, are going through hell. I can tell. If they're in leadership, they don't know I can look at it, but I look in the spirit, and they are so strong. Praise, they're just, they, they just, they just going through. I guarantee you, I shouldn't put on the spot. 
But can I? I have people who are growing so strong in here. And because of the hell that they're going through. You know what that hell makes you do? It makes you bow your knees and call on your God. Because God perfects praise. I let praise out of your worship to God. He perfects his strength. You don't realize it, and you don't know God has done anything. When you get off your knees and you come back in here and you do this and you do that, people begin to look at you. Oh, you all right. And you say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'll hear me breaking up. But something inside you just won't let you quit. It won't let you give up. It won't let you stop. What the devil meant for bad, God has turned it around for your good. David said, it was good that thou afflicted me. It made me stronger. Some of y'all right now going through your winter because you need to be stronger. And the devil won't use it as an opportunity to make you quit. It ain't going to never be better than this. I'm not gonna, you're not going to ever get on. This is it. It's over. You throw it. Throw in the towel. Let it go. Forget God. When you start going through, baby, God is in every season that you allow him to be. But the devil is there too. When you start going through, he's going to tell you how bad it is so to try to make you quit. And guess what? You got three seasons of, 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 of festivals. He would get in the old season and tell you, you don't really need God. You, you, you don't have to pray that much. You see this? He's in every season as well. You know he in the winter season because he is whipping your tail. But that's the time you get the strongest if you pray. Then when you come out your winter season, he's there. He's in your, your, spring, your summer, your, your, your spring, your summer, and your fall harvest. He's there because he's trying to tell you, you ain't got time to pray. You're enjoying yourself. You're on vacation. You don't have to pray. That's the devil. So, you must stay in faith. Believing what you have sown in the Spirit will create a harvest for you. Sometimes it is tempting because, or to become critical and to give up and throw in the towel. I talked to somebody this past week and they made a decision and they're like, oh, this just ain't worth it. That's the devil. He, you know it's worth it because you sown it in the Spirit. You did it because the Spirit of God told you to do it. You got out. You quit. You left. You straightened up this. You did it because God was telling you to do it. Baby, it's sown in the Spirit. You did it because God said. You left him or you left her because you sent God telling you in the Spirit. There's a reward for that. Don't throw in the towel. It's important that during the times of distress, when distress hits you, always seek to do the right thing. Listen, listen I'm, I'm going to let you go, but I'm a living witness. I have learned how God operates. When there was blessings coming my way and I do something stupid, God put them blessings so far to reach that I learn obedience through the things I suffer. It went over your head, didn't it? God is so loving that he's going to spend time with you teaching you how to obey his will. 
You've been rebellious for a long time, but you have given your life to God. So now God's going to teach you how to be obedient. How? By the things he'll allow you to suffer. You supposed to be getting that house, but because you're acting a fool, somebody else just bought it out from under you. It wasn't that God didn't want you to have it. You're just acting a fool. And you learn your lesson, that come back around again, he has a better house for you. And you have the nerve to say, oh, that's why he didn't want me to have that one, because he had this better one for me. No, it wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't it. He wanted to have the one that you wanted. Because you were acting a fool, he wouldn't give it to you. And on this way around, by him being God, because you waited and you got together now, you're stronger so he can give you a better one. You see how he operates? It's not hard to understand God. Watch this. This is the last script I'm going to give you, all right? You got to stay resilient. Do you know what resilient means? I have a watch. You, most Timex were made, and they used to advertise the fact that they're resilient. Yep, you have a watch on, don't you? I saw you looking at your watch. It means to take a licking and keep on ticking. Can your watch take a licking and keep on ticking? Can you drop it, pick it back up, and it keeps ticking? It's resilient. God says that I want you to be resilient. I want you to learn how to take a licking and keep on ticking. When you go through these storms and the devil whooping your head, you take your licking and you keep on ticking. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. And don't you stop. Don't you throw the towel in based on your promise of God. This is what I got from the message. And when I write something in the message, I know it comes straight at you strong. He's trying to deliver just what he said, a message. Remember those early days after you first saw the light? Remember when you first got saved? See, some of y'all smiling right now because you remember. Nothing got to you. Girl, you, so I cuss you out. Girl, that's okay. Gonna be all right. I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> you know, you gotta say nothing got on your nerve. You was all right. You saved now. You good. <laughs> Ain't got no money. Girl, I'm all right. Psh, I got food. I go somebody. God gonna bless somebody to bless me. Nothing got to you. The devil couldn't get through that fortress. That's what he's saying. He said, Remember then? Remember when you first saw the light? Those were some hard times. You were coming out of some hard times. Some folks that were leeching on you and everything. You were kicked around in the public, talking on every kind of abuse. Some days it was, you, all, it was all you. Other days it was your friends. Sometimes you had self-inflicted wounds. You were whooping your own butt. Then there was time when your friends were doing stupid stuff to you. If some of your, pre- your friends went to prison, you were stuck by them. It's going to be all right. I'm come, coming to see you. I put some money on the books. You were there. If some of your enemies broke in and seized your good, they broke in, they stole. You, my friend, you stand with me. You took my blouse. <laughs> get us all right, I'll get another one. Friend broke in, took your good. You let them off with a smile. Knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure. What God had done in your heart, they wasn't worth you throwing in the towel. What God was doing with you right then and there, baby, you were pleased with it. You were happy with it. You was okay. I'm not going to let little old you mess up good old me. 
That's what he's trying to remind you about. So he says, nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. You had a mindset that was so resilient that you were moving forward, no matter what. They cuss you out. It's all right. You had that little old thing in your mind about that story, you know, when they were talking about that man that had that, 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 uh, that mule that fell into the well, and the, they would take the dirt, and they were going to give him a burial, and they'd take the dirt, and they'd throw it on, on they take the dirt, and they throw it on, and next thing you know, that the mule or the donkey, whatever it was, was taking the dirt and packing it under his feet. And every time they throw some dirt, he was rising higher and higher until he was able to walk out that thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what your mindset is. When you start getting saved and your first salvation with God and God do a great thing in your life, ain't nothing going to hurt you. You try to bury me if you want, I'm going to use that dirt and I'm going to come out of it. That was your mindset. Nothing they did bother you, nothing set you back. So don't throw it all away now. He progressed you to where you are now. See, the bad part about being a Christian and an older Christian, a mature Christian, you can't deal with the stuff you used to deal with. And then you, can't, you can't cuss me out now. Because I'm about to lay you out. I'm about to lay hands on you. My temper is short. My patience ain't long. <laughs> you done got matured in this thing now. You know how old folks get that can't stand all the noise no more? That's you. When you first, <laughs> your, your younger Christian days, you can handle some stuff, but now you done got old now. I ain't got time for that mess now. Mm-mm. Hold up. Right, I ain't got time to rap me, cut that rap off. I'm going to rap to you right now. I don't want to hear that mess. Mm-hmm. You don't deal with nothing now. Huh? You cuss me out. I'm about to slap you right now. Got God to forgive me. You done got matured in your faith, see. You're not a babe no more. That's what he's talking about. Uh-huh. Don't throw it all away now because you done got grown. You know God. You know how to pray a little bit. You know intercession. <laughs> now you want to throw it all away. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm getting out. I'll find me a scripture. I can get out. Mm-hmm. No, don't do that. Don't throw it away now. You know, you, you were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing now. But you need to stick it out. Stay with God's plan. You hear this? Stay with God's plan so there will be a promise of completion. A, a promise completion. Stick with this thing and it's going to get better. Hold on and hold out. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you quit. It won't be long now. He's on his way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. You cut and run, you just look for a way out, and you just jump out of it. But we are not quitters. Who lose out? How can you lose out on this after all this investment? By quitting. Oh, no. We'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. Bow your heads. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.